This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 125. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 125. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive is an app that brings your workouts right into your earbuds by syncing the motivational guidance of a personal trainer with the perfect playlist to bring you an elevated, on-demand audio fitness experience. Hello, Shameless Moms. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm actually recording a little earlier in the week than normal, so I just want to give myself a little pat on the back for being on top of things. (laughs) If I'm being honest, I'm being on top of things because I'm going out of town tomorrow, so I had to do (laughs) my recording a little early. But yeah, I'm going out of town this weekend to go do a race. I haven't done a race in a long time. I'm doing a 12K called Bloomsday over in Spokane, Washington. I actually did this race in college. It might actually have been my very first road race ever. I was trying to think back. I did this race in college with a friend, but I don't know that it really counts because my friend accidentally signed us up to be in the stroller group. And it's a race of like 40,000 people. And we got put in the stroller group. We did not have strollers. We did not have children. So we had to like walk the first few miles to get through the stroller people. And then we were able to start running. So we didn't really run the whole thing. So I'm not sure that experience really counts. But I'm excited about this race. I'm excited for a few reasons. When I was first asked to do this race, a girlfriend asked me and she said that she was doing it with a couple other mutual friends who I've gotten to know through her, who I really, really adore these women. So I was like, oh, this will be so fun and it'll be great. But I was like, 
I have not been running at all in months. Like this could be really ugly. So a 12K is seven and a half miles. So it's not just like a distance that I can just do out of nowhere. So I trained very hard for five weeks. I've been using my Aptiv app, which I know I've talked to you at length about, and I'll be talking about that a little bit more in the podcast episode in our little sponsor break in a few minutes. But I use my Aptiv app and I actually, it's gone pretty well, but What I have really been inspired by is one of the women who actually can't do the race with us. So there was a group of us ready to go. And I was told that one of the women was having some hip pain and back pain. And she just wasn't sure if she was hoping to like get it figured out and be able to do the race. Well, as it turns out, she has metastasized breast cancer. She is a breast cancer survivor. A few years ago, she had breast cancer and like got through it pretty I mean, I don't think cancer is ever a minor thing, but she kind of just plowed through it. And we were like, wow, like she just did it. It was really impressive. And it kind of, I mean, you know, it was a blip on the radar for sure, but it didn't seem to take over her whole life. And now the cancer has come back. It's in her bones and her liver. And there's a few little spots up on her brain that they're doing some work on. So it's a really big freaking deal this time. So when we found out she couldn't do the race because she has been in treatment and her treatment is really, really aggressive and she is fighting like hell every single day. So we found out she wasn't going to be able to do the race and she was hopefully going to be able to still come and cheer, but that's not going to happen now either. But my training really shifted and it went from like, maybe I can do this. I don't know to like, you know what? I can freaking do this. Like if she can do what she's doing, I can do this. And it doesn't matter how ugly it is. And it doesn't matter how much it hurts. I can do this. And this is not a big deal. So it's going to be ugly and it's going to hurt because I've only trained for five weeks, but it's, I'm not fighting cancer every single day right now. So I can run this damn race and it's really not that big of a deal. By the time this episode goes live, you will be able to see pictures from the race up on Instagram. So I will be posting race day pictures for sure. We have some pretty cool tattoos that we had custom made in honor of our friend who we are running for. So if you want to go over to Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy, you can see all of that stuff over there. I'm looking forward to the race. But Yeah, it's been an interesting journey training for it and just having that in the back of my mind the whole time and wishing that all of the people who were intended to be there could be there, but also just feeling a lot of inspiration from the battles that other people struggle with. And I think that this is always the interesting thing that like, we're so quick to think our lives are hard and we're so quick to be like, today just sucked and everything went wrong. And it's like, you know what? today probably didn't really suck that bad. And probably not everything went as wrong as it could have been. So there's a lot of shift in perspective when you see some of the bigger battles that people are fighting. And that's definitely been on my mind a lot lately as I've been training for this run and looking forward to, well, you know, it was originally like, oh, a weekend away. Yes. (laughs) But the focus has definitely shifted a little bit now that I feel like there's a little bit more of a cause behind the run and a little bit of a different energy behind the run and definitely a lot more inspiration. So if you want to see any of those pictures, go over to Shameless Mom Academy and you can see them. I will also talk more about the run next week when I record post-race and I can tell you a little bit more about it, but it should be a fun day. It should be an inspiring day. It should be a really crowded day. I think there's 50,000 people scheduled to run at one time in a small town, So, but it'll be a good memory and also just, I think, a good way to feel powerful when shit goes sideways and you don't feel so powerful in your life. So what I want to talk about today 
which is somewhat in line with all of that. I want to talk about why you're afraid of change and how to get over it. And I think that this is a good topic based on the things I have just shared, because I think that we think that change is, I'll speak for myself. I often think that change is terrifying and I'm always scared of new things. When I go through change or transition, I am always eager to get back to like a sense of equilibrium or homeostasis where I'm like, I just need to get through it and like get back to normal. And so that's always how I like mentally plow through things. Like I just need to do this and then get back to normal and then I'll feel better. That started for me from a very young age, like mentally willing myself through things and just being like, just like do it and it's going to be really hard, but just do it and then everything will be back to normal. Well, there's sometimes when you do things and that you don't go back to normal. And so a great example would be when my mom dropped me off at college and I was a disaster because I had never had a really major transition in my life. I went to the same school from kindergarten through eighth grade. And then when I moved on to high school, it was like the school that I went to, all of my best friends went with me. So that wasn't a really huge, scary transition for me. I was also on like the honors math track in high school, which all of my closest friends from grade school were on the, or from eighth grade had transitioned to that track with me. So I really liked that transition to high school was really like just my same tribe came with me. So it wasn't a big transition. Moving on to college was very different. And I got there and I was a mess. And my mom dropped me off. I was hysterical. She stayed for the weekend. There was like the orientation weekend or something. She stayed through that weekend. But the day that she left, I was a disaster. I've talked about it before on the show. Like I was literally like on the sidewalk in a ball crying hysterically, like, mommy, please don't leave me, which was, and I'm sure a lot of people were walking by and I did not even really care. <laughs> and my whole first week of school was like that. Like me calling my mom every day. Like, I hate this. I hate this. The last day of that first week, I remember calling her on a Friday morning, interrupting. I knew that she was in the middle of a staff meeting. She was a teacher. So she was in the middle of a staff meeting with probably 30 or so other teachers. And I called the school secretary and I was like, you need to go get her right now. And I, and she came to the phone and I was like, you need to come pick me up. I'm done. I'm not going to college. And she was like, I'm not coming to pick you up right now. I'm in the middle of this, our Friday morning meeting. And I'm not, and I was like, no, no, you need to come pick me up. And again, like hysterical over the whole thing, because I got to college and I was like, when does it get back to normal? And it never really got back to normal. I had to learn that like, sometimes you go through change and transition and that's where you have to find a new normal. And that was very, very hard for me. And that was the first of multiple transitions in my life where I've been, you know, a little ways into them and been like, wow, so this is it. Like, we're not going back to what it used to be like. And that is really, really hard for me. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood 
understood explains and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This happened with motherhood as well. A few months into motherhood and I was like, when does it go back to normal? Like, when do I go back to my old life? And it took me all of that first year to really let it sink in that you're not going back to your old life. You are in your new life now. And if you don't get it together, you're going to lose your mind. (laughs) And so change is really, really hard for me. And I've really had to learn to psych myself up for it, pump myself up for it, and really like talk myself through it as I approach change and as I work through change and as I adapt to change. So I thought that was a good topic right now because I know of a lot of people going through big changes and a lot of people about to take on big changes. And so I thought it would be a good topic for us to touch on. So here's the thing about change. The reason we're so scared of change and the reason that we find it to be really uncomfortable and not desirable is because what you know is always more comfortable than what you don't know. And so it makes a lot of sense that when you are approaching something unknown, you're like, why would I do this to myself? It's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Like I would rather stay in my comfortable bubble where I already know where all the pain comes from. And I already know like all the bad stuff because it's known. I don't have to go figure it out again. So we often steer clear of change and avoid change because we're like, I just want to stick with what I know because at least I know what I'm up against. And that can feel a lot more comfortable. The other reason we're afraid of change is because we like consistency and predictability and control. Those are all the things that you lose when you have a baby, by the way, consistency, predictability, and control. You lose all those things. So you lose a lot of those things when you go through change and through transition. And so it makes sense that you're like, wait, but that thing I used to do every day that like 
made me feel calm and collected and in control. Like I don't get to do that anymore. So it makes sense that when we start to lose a sense of consistency or a sense of predictability or a sense of control, it totally makes sense that we're like, wait, no, like give it back. I want it back. That's extremely uncomfortable. The other reason it's uncomfortable to anticipate change or to go through change. And another reason we avoid it is because we live in a fear-based culture. So we are very much programmed to be afraid of what we don't know. If you look at the news and if you look at how media is presented, we are programmed to be fearful of a lot of things and it's not getting better. It's getting worse like every day. We are so programmed to be afraid of what we don't know. And some of that's really legitimate, but some of it is brainwashing. Like we are very much media is trained to make us fearful because that's what makes a good headline. That's what gets a click. That's what, where people are like, oh my gosh, like this thing is going to harm me. I have to read about this and find out how to not be harmed. So we live in a fear-based culture. So that makes change really scary because we are trained to be afraid of new things. We are trained to be very skeptical. We are trained that a lot of things could go wrong at any given moment. I'm not saying that's not true sometimes, but we're really trained and programmed to be fearful of change. And so therefore we often don't seek that out. And if you think about people in your life and environments in your life, think about how many people you know where you're like, that person really goes after change and chases change and embraces transition. Like there's not that many people, right? You probably can list like maybe one, two or three people in your life that are like, yes, I love change. I love like trying new things and mixing it up. Like that is just not what we do. So it's because we're not programmed to do that. But we look at the people who do embrace those things and we're like, wow, like how did they get that way. (laughs) And I think sometimes look at people like me who are entrepreneurial and think that like, why would you want to go start your own business? But I'll tell you, I never really set out to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to own my own gym. I didn't ever like my goal was just to not have to answer to a big corporation. And that was like the only backup plan. When I was a personal trainer, it was like, build your own company or go work for like LA fitness, which was just 100% not an option for me. There was also 24 hour fitness at the time, which was the local chain was a national company, but that was the local business that I was like, over my dead body, will I work at 24 hour fitness and be treated the way that they treat those people when I am like way better than that. Like I had this sense of self that was like, absolutely not. I will never do that because I knew that my time and my energy and my skills were worth a lot more than what I would get out of that environment. So, but I never set out to be like, well, I want to run my own business and learn how to do all that. It was not that. It was just that, like I was not going to go work for the man at 24 Hour Fitness. So the whole entrepreneurial thing kind of was like an accident. <laughs> but so when we look at change and transition and embracing things that are uncomfortable, most of us don't do that. And most of us don't know a lot of people who do that. And I think that we have to learn how to do that a little bit better if we want to live the lives that we truly want to live because otherwise we stay in this place of comfort that gets a little bit stale and a little bit stagnant. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So the last reason that I think that we are fearful of change and we don't get super enthusiastic about change is because we're afraid of failure and we're scared to make mistakes and we don't want to waste our time or our energy on something that might go totally wrong or totally sideways. And that makes sense. Like we are busy people. We are busy moms. We have a lot going on without doing the wrong thing and messing it up and having to recover from that. So like all of those reasons make sense. It totally makes sense now. So now that I've just given you all these ways to justify being afraid of change, like 
you're welcome. (laughs) But it totally makes sense that we would be afraid of change. But here's the deal. When you sit in your comfort zone, when you are averse to change and you don't force transition upon yourself, you often live a much less than happy life, a much less than happier life than you would choose and a potentially less happier life than you would choose for your family and for your children. And probably you live a life that you don't really want to be modeling for your kids if you're living constantly in your comfort zone. Like that's not what you would want them to do, right? You would want them to really go find the things that light them up and make those things work for them and make those things be a bigger part of their life and find ways to make those things like significant and important and let them follow their dreams and their passions, right? So we have to be able to do that ourselves. If you're going to encourage your children to do that, you have to be able to do the things that you are preaching to your kids. So when you're like, honey, you can do anything you want. The world is your oyster. I don't even know what that saying means, by the way. But anyways, when you tell your children that, be aware of like how much have you embraced making big, bold moves to get what you want out of life. And I'm not saying that you always have to be making big, bold moves and always be going for like the next best thing, but just make sure that you are doing the things that you really like and you are doing things that light you up and you are following your passions and you are doing work that is true to yourself and true to your integrity and true to your, you know, your personality and what you stand for. I think that that is all really important. And we oftentimes will sit in a place that's comfortable, but not so happy and not so passionate because it's comfortable. And we really have to practice to get used to getting uncomfortable. You're not just going to wake up one morning and be like, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and go back to school and have a new career and like totally flip my life upside down. Like it doesn't happen that way. It happens by practicing little uncomfortable things over and over and over. And then you start being more prepared to take uncomfortable leaps. So you don't just go from like, I mean, me as the perfect example, I did not go from like the child who never had any sort of change or unpredictability to someone who creates change and transition for herself all the time overnight. That was not an overnight thing. That was something that I worked on for 20 years, literally for 20 years. I've been working on a pretty, on a much bigger scale for the last eight years. But prior to that, it was like, 12 years of building up to that. It was 12 years of little steps. It was literally like going to college, teaching myself how to run and exercise and becoming an athlete, doing my first half marathon, doing a triathlon, changing my major at the very last minute to go work with children in psychiatry instead of being a teacher. It was these little things along the way, going back to school when I no longer wanted to work at the psychiatric hospital. After that, building my own business like very slowly over time while I still worked at the hospital to make sure I could pay my bills. So it was these little things over time that a lot of them felt pretty big at the time, but none of them were like, I'm done with college. I'm going to open my own gym. It was like multiple little things over time where I was like, oh, I just proved that I was strong in this area. Maybe I'll go try this other new thing. And that snowballed over the course of 12 years or so that snowballed so that when I wanted to take a bigger leap, which I did in about 2010, then I was in a position to like, okay, I'm super nervous about this, but I'm also ready to take a bigger leap. And that's when I started really shifting things in my personal training business to working more with groups, to leveraging my time on a different scale, to managing my business in a way so that I could actually like track profitability over time so that I could ultimately end up with a brick and mortar in Seattle, which is ridiculously expensive and maybe not the smartest thing to do because it's ridiculously expensive. So all of these little things were what allowed me to take a bigger leap later on. So it was 12 years of little steps to start to take bigger leaps. And I've taken bigger leaps since then. Launching the podcast would be another bigger leap. So all of those things led up to that. 
Marie Forleo has this great quote that I've used on the podcast before, but I love coming back to and I actually just saw someone else use it today. And I was like, yes, like I have to work that into today's episode. So one of Marie Forleo's biggest truths is that everything is figure outable. And so when you are approaching change and you're looking at change, you have to know that like you're going to go into this, you're going to do it and you're going to figure it out as you go. And even if it's a disaster and it's ugly and it's a mess and you fall flat on your face, it is still figure outable. And I love that quote because it's so comforting to know that like, you know what, this could go totally wrong, upside down, inside out, but I will figure it out because everything is figure outable. So I always find myself coming back to that when I'm like, what does this mean? Why is this not working? Making me very upset and mad and cranky, or this feels really hard. And I think everything is figure outable. So on the other side of change, we know why you're afraid of change. So how can you get over it? So how to get over change? This is the good stuff. But before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor for today, Aptiv. So you all know I'm obsessed with Aptiv. Aptiv is an app, an exercise app that has trainers taking you through workouts set to amazing music on your phone. So you just go into your Aptiv app. You can pick a workout at multiple different fitness levels, lots of different kinds of workouts, anything from weight training to running to walking to yoga to seven-minute bodyweight workouts. You can pick your activity level. You can pick how long the length of the workout should be, and you can pick your type of workout. So super, super simple, straightforward, but awesome stuff. I will tell you, I have to brag for a minute. When I started training for this race this weekend, I was running 10 minute 30-second miles not super fast. So if you're a runner, you probably think that's super slow. If you're not a runner, you're like, wow, that's really fast. So thank you if you think I'm fast, but that's not very fast in the world of running. Just a few weeks in with my Aptive app and doing a few interval sessions on the Aptive app. And now I'm running nine minute and 45 second miles, a few 930s even in there. So I'm pretty fired up about that. I'm not going to be able to hold that for seven and a half miles on Sunday, but I'm really, really encouraged by the progress I've seen in a really short amount of time by doing these training runs on Aptive. So if you're interested in improving your workouts or just getting started on workouts and you need some support, go to aptive.com. It's A-A-P-T-I-V.com and use the code SMA30 to get a free 30-day trial. So again, that's aptive.com, A-A-P-T-I-V.com and use the code SMA30 to get your 30-day free trial with Aptive and get started working out right now. You can do it straight from your house. You don't even have to go to the gym. It's awesome. So go get started with Aptive today. All right. So the good stuff, how to get over your fear of change. So I think the most powerful thing you can recognize here is that since you became a parent, you've been living in a constant state of flux and change and transition. So if you realize that like, oh, wait, I'm already living in change all the time, then you're like, wait, I can do this. I can take on more change because I'm already living it. And this was a big one for me when I finally realized around the time Vinny was one, I was finally done mourning the fact that like, I guess life is not going back to normal and this is now my life. And a few friends had told me like the beauty of parenthood is everything is a phase. So when everything is a phase, you're like, oh, like I'm already living this life where everything is constantly changing. So that makes it a little easier to take on other change. I was actually talking to a friend recently who went back to school to get her master's and she was saying, you know, it hasn't been nearly as stressful as I thought because she's on quarters and she's like, even when it's really hard, it's just nine weeks. She's like, so even the hardest quarters, I've been like, it's nine weeks. I can get through nine weeks of anything. And I think that you can learn that with a child where you're like, if you have a colicky baby, you're like, I made it through a couple months of, you know, screaming. Maybe you made it through six months or a year of like 
sleep issues with a baby. Maybe like me, you struggled and like wanted to die over breastfeeding for four months. So there's all these things where you're like, I did this for like X amount of time, all these things in parenthood that seem to just drag on and on and on. You're like, you think you never are going to survive them and you do. So then you do something like going back to get a master's degree and you're like first quarter, nine weeks, I got it. Or 10 weeks, I'm good. Like I can do anything for 10 weeks, which is very different than before you have kids, by the way, like before you have kids, I feel like you're like, I will never get through this. And then your sense of time, like it goes at such warp speed once you're in parenthood that I think it becomes a lot easier to be like, I'm just going to ride this out for X amount of weeks and it's going to be fine. So recognizing that you're already in constant transition, you're already constantly going through change can be helpful when you're looking at maybe approaching a new uncomfortable situation and you're not sure how you're going to manage it. Just know that like you're already managing a bunch of change all the time. So you're good. You got it. I think that the other part of this, the second part that I want to touch on is that you need to consider change and opportunity for a software upgrade. So when you look at something that you're about to do for the first time, And you think like, we usually have some sort of why behind it. You're like, well, I really want to do this because it's going to give me like maybe more financial freedom or maybe more time with my kids or maybe more energy, or maybe I'm going to lose weight or whatever. Like you think of all of these reasons that you're approaching some sort of personal or professional goal. And you think in the change that might come with that. And if you look at that as a quote unquote software upgrade, you're like, at the end of this, I'm going to be a better version of me. Even if you fail, you're going to learn so much in the failure of it that you will still be a better version of you. And I think that can be really empowering where you go into it, like, instead of being like, oh my gosh, this is going to be this really bumpy and transition and I'm totally freaked out about it. And how are we going to make it through? Instead, you're like, this is my opportunity to kick it up a notch and to become a better person on the other side of this. I think that can be really empowering. And I think that's an important perspective to have as you're approaching change or transition. The third piece of this is that you have to know that there's going to be moments of panic and doubt and possibly a sense of complete failure and or regret. And if you go into it knowing that those things are going to happen, then when they happen, you're like, oh, okay, this is the part where I doubt myself. And I think that's really powerful when you're going through something and you're like, yes, like this is the thing that happens. And I talk a lot about this with my members at the gym where I'll say like, just know that like you're going to get a couple weeks into something and like you're going to get the flu or like you're going to be up all night with a sick kid or like something's going to really throw you off your game and just know like that's what happens. Like that's what happens when you decide to make yourself a priority and you decide like I'm going to really get in great shape and I'm going to get really healthy right now and these are all the things I'm going to do to do it. Like somehow the universe will try to sabotage you and so you just have to know like oh here it is. This is what's happening right now. And when you can identify that, then you're like, okay, I got it. Like, this is just a bump in the road. So acknowledging that as well, when you go, when you're anticipating change or going through change, knowing that there's going to be these moments of panic and doubt and being like, okay, this is the panic. Like, this is normal. I'm going through something different. Of course, I'm going to be really worried at this point. Or of course, this is going to feel super uncomfortable. Of course, I'm going to doubt myself. So when you can immediately label that as such, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, you can neutralize it. You're like, this is the time. Like, this is where I panic. And now I can put that panic in a little box and be like, you need to go over here because I need to go kick some butt. So you can start to compartmentalize a little bit better and you can also label things for what they are and recognize that it's part of the process. And I think that that is extremely powerful rather than being consumed by panic and doubt or being consumed by worry about failure or regret, because when you're consumed by them, it makes it very hard to move on and maybe you won't be able to move on. So if you can identify that like, this is just what's happening right here and now we're going to keep pushing through, then that is a very different sense of perspective for sure, but also a different sense of action and a different sense of orientation in your perspective. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where-are-my-keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Number four. So the fourth way you can get over your fear of change is knowing that practicing makes it feel less burdensome. So when you practice and embrace change over and over for 12 years, it gets a lot easier. So it doesn't matter if it's been 12 years or 12 days, when you practice something new that's uncomfortable over and over, it gets less burdensome. Again, another thing I talk about with my gym members all the time, the first time you say no to the donuts at work, it's extremely uncomfortable and you might be really bitter about it. Once you've said no to the donuts at work 12 times, you're like, yes, no, like go away. I don't need you. I don't want you. I don't like you. You are not a part of me. So it becomes so much easier and more comfortable as you do repeat the behavior. So when you practice change and practice transition and practice doing those uncomfortable things over and over, they become much less overwhelming and they feel much less burdensome. If you look at people who move, I think about this with military families all the time. When I look at military families and I think, wow, like how do you pick up and move over and over? That must be so overwhelming and scary and exhausting and like all these things. But when that's what you have to do and you just do it, I think over time, it becomes less burdensome. You're like, this is just what we do. But for those of us who have not done that, we can't look at it that way. We're like, wow, like how do they make that work? You make it work when you have to make it work. So I'm not saying like practice moving all over the place if you don't have to, but practice doing things that are uncomfortable so that when you have to do things that are uncomfortable, you can do it. You're like, oh, this is an uncomfortable thing and I'm good at doing uncomfortable things. That's a part of your identity. And this is something I've hugely embraced over the years is like, I don't look forward to uncomfortable things, but... I know that I'm pretty good at doing uncomfortable things. I know I'm good at like faking my way through it, being like, yes, I'm totally learning right now, maybe through like gritted teeth, but I'm good at embracing the uncomfortable things, figuring them out as I go and getting to the other side and acknowledging what I learned. So even if it doesn't go the way I planned, even if I fell flat on my face, I've gotten really good at that because I've practiced it so many times. And I think that this is why a lot of things are no longer scary to me. And, you know, I was not a kid who like was looked forward to being in front of a microphone or in front of a class. I remember being having to do class presentations and 
feeling like I couldn't even hear my own voice when I would talk in front of the class and like feeling very, very shaky and very nervous. Even though I was somewhat extroverted by nature, being up in front of a crowd was like not my jam at all. When I had to do school performances and stuff, I remember being in, you know, a group of 50 or 60 kids and just feeling like for sure everyone was staring just at me. Like they were not seeing anyone else. They were just seeing me and how I was not doing a good job. So those kinds of things used to be extremely uncomfortable to me. Now, if there is an opportunity to get on a stage with a microphone, I am like the first one to raise my hand. I don't even raise my hand sometimes. I just like run up onto the stage and I'm like, oh, I heard you needed someone. I heard you needed someone who likes a stage. So it's changed a lot because I practiced that over and over and over. That would not have happened. It's not in my nature necessarily. So it would not have happened unless it was something that I practiced. The first time I was given a mic to teach cycling classes, the, the owner of the gym, I was like, um, she gave me this mic. She's like, you're going to need this. And I was like, no, 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 please. Like, I don't use a mic. I'm scared of mics. She's like, you're really going to need it because this is a really big room. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I had to practice with the mic within 30 minutes or so. I was like, wow, a mic is kind of powerful. This is kind of cool. Like I actually maybe really like a microphone and I've kind of had some microphone addiction since then. (laughs) So then the next piece of this, which is kind of the perfect segue from what we just were talking about is that when you do practice those things over and over again, you start to understand that the best way to conquer fear and anxiety is to prove to yourself that you can do the things that you are afraid of. And so once you've proven that to yourself, you can build upon that. And that really helps with the next time you feel fearful or anxious about something because you're like, oh yeah, the last time I felt this way, like I totally nailed it. Or maybe I didn't nail it, but like, these are the things I learned from not nailing it. So now I know how this time I can do a lot better. So it's really important that you understand that you can do the things that you're afraid of because you've done some of them already. And I think that parenthood is a great lesson for that. Like you've already done really hard, really uncomfortable things that you probably haven't given yourself credit for, but for sure you've already done them because as a mom, like it's impossible to not do hard, scary things all the time, whether it's taking your kid to a daycare for the first time or dropping them off at kindergarten for the first time or going out on date night with a babysitter for the first time or like speaking up for yourself and having taking care of your own needs before your children or saying no to something in your family. Like, no, I'm not making dinner every single night. Like someone else needs to do it one or two or three nights a week or all these different things that you've done in motherhood that you don't even recognize that you've done. These are all ways that you have already overcome different areas of fear and anxiety in your life and proven that you could do things that you were afraid of or proven that you could do things that make you very uncomfortable. So you've already done it. You just have to remind yourself like, oh yeah, I already do that sometimes. I have done those things in the past and I can do them again now. But you have to be conscious of those things. And sometimes we're not good at being conscious of those things. Sometimes we're very dismissive of our wins and we're dismissive of the ways that we have been strong and powerful. So don't be dismissive of the ways that you're being strong and powerful. Be very embracing of the ways that you are strong and powerful and really recognize that if you can see how you've been strong and powerful in the past, that will allow you to be even more strong and powerful in the future. And then lastly, I think the last piece of this is knowing that change is not bad. It's just different. And sometimes we look at different as scary or something, a reason to be filled with doubt or fear. But if we can just label it as different, that can neutralize the territory a little bit. And I think that recognizing that something is different can feel a lot better than like, oh my gosh, I have to go do this big, scary thing. It's like, no, I'm just going to go do this different thing. This isn't what I usually do. It's this different thing, (laughs) which my child does not like different things. He's a big thing right now is that he wants things to be the usual way. So like if I put on nice clothes, he's like, put on your usual clothes 
we last week had to change the day that we went swimming. So normally we go swimming on Thursday, but last week we had to go on Wednesday and he was like flipping out because it's not the usual day for swimming. So we get very wrapped up in the usual way. But if you can just say like, it's just different. It's not bad. It's not scary. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's just different. And when you can neutralize experiences like that, it can take out the fear. It can take out the anxiety. It can take out the doubt. It can really deflate the situation. And a lot of times that's all you need to do is deflate it because we let things get really big in our head when in reality, they're really not that big in the grand scheme of things. So if you can neutralize things and make them a little smaller by doing that, that can be really, really helpful as well. So with that, I hope that you can learn to embrace change and be a little bit less fearful of change because I think that really amazing things come out of change and come out of transition. And I'm going to take this back to my friend who is valiantly fighting cancer right now, but I see what's going on with her family and I see people surrounding them with just immeasurable amounts of light and love. And I think that when you consider what that journey might look like, all you can be filled with is fear. But when you're in it, maybe you didn't anticipate the amount of love and the amount of unconditional care that could come out of a situation like that. And so no matter what, it is an extremely challenging, scary situation. But I also think that when you're in the middle of change, when you're in the middle of these things that are extremely uncomfortable, you can also see where there are moments of light and hope and there's gifts and there's all these unexpected things that happen. So you have to be ready and open to those things because there's often, in many cases, change is something that is inevitable and it's going to happen. So you can go into it preparing for the worst and preparing for it to be awful, or you can go into it being like, you know what? I am going to rock this. I am going to crush this. I am going to kill this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to fight this with everything in me. And I will come out on the other side and I will live to tell the tale and I will be better and stronger. And I will have in the process set a great example for my children. And I will have showed them the person that I always want them to know that I am and the person that they will look up to for the rest of their lives. So I think that when you look at change and you look at transition, through that kind of a lens, it becomes something very different. It becomes something that can be very positive and very powerful. Change doesn't have to be scary. Change doesn't have to be, you know, rotten fear and self-doubt. Change can make you grow in very positive ways, no matter what the situation is. So with that, thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. It's been a tough episode for me because I haven't been sure about how to talk about the situation with my friend who's fighting, like I said, this very valiant fight. So this is kind of how it came out and how it came together. And I will keep you posted on the run. I will talk about the run next week, but feel free to go over to the Shameless Mom Academy over on Instagram and you can see pictures from the run this weekend. And what else? If this is your first time listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday. I have a really great interview on Wednesday with my friend, Melissa. We're going to be talking about all things LGBTQQIA. If you don't know what all those letters are, you have to listen on Wednesday. This was a really, really fascinating episode, fascinating interview with my friend Melissa, who is a therapist who works a lot with the transgender community and the LGBTQ community. So really fascinating interview. I think will be informative for everyone. 
So that's on Wednesday. So you can go to iTunes and subscribe to the show so that you get all the episodes as soon as they're released. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that will drop you into iTunes. While you are there, please leave me a review. I'm going to beg a little today. (laughs) I put a lot into this show. I put a lot of heart and soul into it, and it takes a lot of time and energy, and I love this show. But I also continue to need reinforcement from everyone else because what that does when you leave a review, it helps bump up my ratings on iTunes and it helps me grow the show and it helps me get new listeners. And that is really, really crucial for me to continue to do what I'm doing and be able to do it on the scale that I'm doing it. So I just really, really appreciate you taking the time, even if it's just one sentence to let me know what you love about the show, leave a little review on iTunes. And again, you can do that by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, hit the subscribe button, hit the write a review button, and I would love you forever. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for spending time with me in the Shameless Mom Academy. I know your time is valuable and I always appreciate you sharing it with me. And I hope you have a fantastic day. And no matter what you do today, do it shamelessly. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.